Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everyone. I'm Pastor Nick Plummer with Beit the Congregation. In this particular episode of Christians with Torah, we are going to be looking at Yom Teruah and the 10 Days of All. That's right. The Feast of Yom Teruah, which is Trumpets, and the 10 Days of All. This is going to be a very special episode here. And uh, I just want to remind everyone that keep the Cabreras in your prayers because they are in the land of Israel with the Hayovel organization. That's right, check it out. Go online and check it out. Uh, it's a Christian organization that helps Jewish farmers to, of course, uh, work in their vineyards and to uh, help them with their agricultural needs. Uh, they're picking grapes. And so, once again, the, the Cabrera's having a great time. Co-host Ryan is having a great time. He sent me beautiful pictures. And uh, he's also over there with another member of our congregation, Miss Libby Davis. So uh, I'll be your host today for this special, special episode of Yom Teruah and the 10 Days of All. Uh, it says in Leviticus 23, that's right, Leviticus 23, verse 2. Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them concerning the feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations. Even these are my feasts. Man, there's a lot to digest there, you know, a lot to take in. He says, speak unto the children of Israel, okay, speak to them. Concerning the feasts of the Lord, see, they're the Lord's feasts. They're not Jewish feasts. They're the Lord's feasts. Uh, you shall proclaim. Now, this particular word in the Hebrew proclaim also means to print up, do flyers, announce, publish. Okay, and so that's uh, very important as we do that in social media within our church um, culture and, and social media out there. So uh, also to be holy convocations. Okay, uh, even these are my feasts. The word convocations is uh, found in the Strong's Concordance, uh, number 4744. It's the Hebrew word mikra, and it means something called out, a public meeting, a rehearsal, and an assembly. Okay, once again, something called out, a public meeting, a rehearsal, and an assembly. Wow. So the, the feasts are for Israel. The feasts are the Lord's. The feasts are to be proclaimed. The feasts are holy. The feasts are convocations, okay? Now, what's interesting is that, you know, like I said, it's a rehearsal. So Yeshua fulfilled the spring feasts, he'll fulfill the fall feasts. That's what's so cool. But there are eight feasts, that's right. There's the Sabbath, Passover, Unleavened Bread, First Fruits, Shavuot, Trumpets, Yom Kippur, and of course, Sukkot. So we're in the fall feast right now. We're getting ready to hit this thing. And of course, uh, there's a little discussion here. Discuss if Yeshua fulfilled the spring feasts, uh, then he will fulfill the fall feasts in the future. Wow, that is so true. Think about when Israel came out of Egypt and, and the day of Passover and unleavened bread and first fruits. Those were fulfilled right to the, to the time, right to the day. And then, of course, we have uh, the giving of the Torah in the third month, it says in Exodus 19, on the day. Uh, so there you have the spring feast of Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, and then of course Shavuot, Pentecost. Now, 
let's uh, just go back 2,000 years ago. And was it to the day that Yeshua was our Passover lamb? Absolutely. Was it to the day that he was our unleavened bread? Was unleavened bread celebrated? Absolutely. At the Last Supper, they had unleavened bread. Um, this is my body, which was the unleavened bread. This is my this is my blood of a, of a new covenant, renewed covenant, which was the uh, the wine, the the juice. So there you have uh, an interesting observation of to the day, and then of course why is first fruits so important? The feast of first fruits was the day after the Sabbath, uh, and Yeshua is the second Adam, and he is our first fruits. He rose from the dead. Okay, so imagine that. Now that was to the day. You know, teach us to number our days, Lord. Well, that was to the day. Now. Keep in mind as well, as we progressively move through this, that Yeshua showed himself for over 40 days to over 500 people. Paul makes mention of this. So basically, as he ascended and went to heaven from the Mount of Olives, by, by every meaning he'll be coming back on the Mount of Olives, he ascended after 40 days. He ascended. So... They only had to wait 10 days for the promise as they were in Shavuot. Celebrating Shavuot on the Temple Mount is actually another name for uh, the upper room. You know, it's interesting because you'll notice the story that as they were being filled with the Holy Spirit in the upper room, this area called the upper room, I believe it was a part of the Temple Mount, uh, other people witnessed it. And they go, hey, these people are drunk. And Peter says, no, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. All right. So he goes into his little, you know, his monologue, his preaching. Uh, Peter does. Of course, 3,000 were saved and 3,000 were baptized right there on the Temple Mount. That's amazing. Baptized. So keep this in mind as we think about the fall feast and as we rehearse them, because it is a rehearsal, that it's so important. So once again, we would like to establish the fact that if Yeshua fulfilled the spring feast, he will fulfill the fall feast. I have here, Yeshua fulfills the feasts and we get to participate in them. We get to participate in them. Let's look at the Feast of Yom Teruah, of course, the Feast of Trumpets. We're going to go right into that. Speaking to the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, shall you have a Sabbath, a memorial, of blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. So we've already established that the eight feast days are found in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 2, that they're established there. They're, they're introduced to the, the house of Israel. And this is Leviticus 23, 24 that I'm reading as we get into those feast days. Once again, we've already celebrated Passover, Unleavened Bread, First Fruits, Shavuot. Now we're going to be celebrating uh, Yom Teruah uh, Sunday night, which is, of course, uh, September the 25th. Uh, the word memorial is the Hebrew word zikron, and it means a memento or a memorable thing, day or writing or a record. Okay, uh, What is the memorial and what are we to be reminded of? Why is there a blowing of trumpets? In the seventh month on the first day, they call it Rosh Hashanah, ahead of the year, the new civil year, which will be, of course, I believe, 5783. Uh, uh, I'm almost sure about that, 5783. Yes, that is correct. That's what we're going into. We are going into 5783. That is so cool. 5783. So 5,783 years ago, God created the heavens and the earth, Adam and Eve and all that cool stuff. So I know there's a lot of teachings out there, the old earth and new earth, but we're not going to get into all that. But 5783 is in the Hebrew calendar. Uh, that's what the Jews have established, and it's very interesting. And I know 
We won't know the day or the hour of his return, but we will know a lot of things. So, uh, once again, this blowing of trumpets is a memorial. It's a memorial for something. But what is the memorial and what are we to be reminded of? How about this? The law first mentioned, the first time the shofar was blown can be found in Exodus 19.16. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. Wow. So that all the people that was in the camp trembled. So they have the voice of the trumpet. Notice on the third day in the morning, thunders and lightnings. There were some weather patterns going on up there on Mount Sinai. Thunders and lightnings, you know. Uh, kind of like today, there's some interesting weather patterns happening in the earth today. I believe it's a sign uh, of the Messiah coming. You know, in Florida, there's a lot of thunderstorms, afternoon thunder showers and thunderstorms. And I have discovered the last few years, uh, last couple of years, maybe three years, that the, the thunder and the lightning seems like it's booming, like it's lower to, to the earth. It's not so high up and way off. It seems like it's like more, it's closer, it's louder. Uh, I've experienced it. And so just think about that. Um, the discussion is why the feast day of Yom Teruah could be a reminder of the marriage covenant that was made at Mount Sinai by God blowing a trumpet and coming for his bride. The reminder of the marriage. So once again, the law first mentioned, the first time the shofar is ever blown is by Yahweh over the children of Israel as he entered into a marriage covenant with them. Remember that. Yeshua came to renew the marriage covenant that was broken. That is so important for you to understand. He came to renew the marriage covenant that was broken. Okay. And that's what he did. That's what Yeshua did. All glory to him. In Isaiah 27, 13, And it shall come to pass in that day that the great trumpet shall be blown, and they shall come which were ready to perish in the land of Assyria, and the outcasts in the land of Egypt, and shall worship the Lord in the holy mount at Jerusalem. Wow. Once again, you know, in Numbers, it talks about the blowing of the shofar uh, for a number of reasons, a number of purposes. And let's just look at it here uh, real quickly here in Numbers. All right, Numbers 10, 10. Also in the day of your gladness and in your solemn days and in the beginnings of your months, you shall blow with the trumpets over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings that they may be to you for a memorial before your God. I am the Lord your God. It's also to be blown to have people to assemble. Uh, the trumpets are blown, the shofars are blown to call forth an assembly to bring people together. Also, it is, of course, uh, the shofar is blasted, the trumpets are blasted to send them out of the camp. In marching orders, you know, to sound the alarm to, to go to war, uh, to go against the uh, enemy that's in your land. Um, so this is very important. In Zechariah 9, 14, I love this verse. It's so powerful. It's actually the same chapter where Yeshua comes in riding on a donkey. All right. And they say, uh, you know, that's the prophecy. And of course, he did fulfill that. He rode a donkey and came into uh, Jerusalem riding a donkey. And... Um, it's Zechariah 9.14 uh, is what this verse is. Uh, and also after that, you're going to see where Ephraim and Judah come together, which is very prophetic. Ephraim are the non-Jews or Gentiles, uh, different ethnic groups coming together. It says that Judah and, and, and Zechariah 9 don't have the exact verse, but it's after Yeshua rides in on the donkey. Ephraim is brought into the, the storyline. And Ephraim is the arrow and Judah is the bow. And God shoots them out, the arrow, against the sons of Greece. So... If I and Judah come together, there's going to be a war. There's war. Uh, together, we can defeat the enemy. Two is better than one. 
one at my, you know, thousand fall at the left side, <laughs> 10,000 my right hand. So think about it, having, having two groups of people together to do the Lord's bidding. In this particular verse, Zechariah 9, 14, talking about the trumpet again, the, the, the voice of the trumpet, the trumpet blast. And the Lord shall be seen over them, and his arrow shall go forth as the lightning. And the Lord God shall blow the trumpet and shall go with whirlwinds of the south. Wow, that's incredible. The whirlwinds of the south. Once again, uh, you study the book of Daniel. It's the skeleton of prophecy. Study Daniel. Then you look at Zechariah. is, of course, the bridge to the book of Revelation. So study Daniel, uh, Zechariah, and then Revelation. And, of course, all the prophets or the meat that goes on the, the, the skeleton, which is the prophet Daniel. Now, also be reminded in the New Testament, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wow, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 through 17. See, why would we go up and be raptured and be out of here? And then he comes down. Think about it. We're to be caught up together to meet him in the air. It makes much more sense than, than, than you know, than just being snatched out of here. And then, I mean, who's going to fulfill these prophecies? Remember, it's not about these events that are going to take place. Everybody's looking for a biblical event as far as eschatology. All these events that have to be fulfilled. That's all well and good. The question is, what are the people doing in the last days? Keep that in mind. What are the people doing in the last days? There are the wicked and there are the righteous. They are the intermediates. We talked about this during the 10 days of all. You better make up your mind, you know, during the 10 days of all. Are you among the righteous in the book of life or in the book of the dead? You know, and uh, it's your choice. It's your choice. So remember, trumpets are, is also a voice. It's the voice of God. It's like the symbolism of, of, of speaking, you know. Uh, and I heard the voice of Yeshua. And what, what did he tell John? Come up here. I want to show you some things. Just like in Daniel 7 and just like in Revelation, there's this coronation. There's all these people around the throne. It's the coronation, the ancient of days. Hair white as wool. And, uh, and then someone like the Son of Man coming to him is incredible. It's incredible. So that's really important. But we also remind everyone, during Yom Teruah, we have the coronation of the Messiah. He will be coronated. One of the concepts in Jewish liturgy and tradition for Yom Teruah is Hamalek, which means the king. That's right, the king. Looking at the scriptures concerning Yom Teruah, it becomes obvious that it is the coronation of the Messiah. It is the coronation of the Messiah. We have, of course, the following verses in regards to uh, a scepter and a king. Uh, in Genesis 49.10, we have the mention of the scepter. Uh, this is through the tribe of Judah. In Numbers chapter 24, verse 17, we have the scepter again. Tribe of Judah will hold and keep the monarchy. In Jeremiah 23, 5, we have uh, the mention of a king. Uh, in Luke chapter 1, verses 32 and 33, we have the word throne mentioned. Uh, in John chapter 1, verses 48 and 49, we have uh, the term king of Israel, the title king of Israel. In Luke chapter 19, verses 37 and 38, we have, once again, the king, the king. These are all verses about uh, a throne, a king, a coronation, and it's awesome. In order to have a king, there must be a coronation. The Messiah, Yeshua, will have a literal crowning in the future at Yom Teruah. Uh, Daniel's first vision is 
of course, Daniel 7, verses 1 through 14, and the coronation of the Messiah. You can read about this. It's very, very good. Daniel's first vision in regards to the Ancient of Days and, and someone like the Son of Man coming. That's Yeshua coming to the Ancient of Days. Matter of fact, in Daniel, we'll read a couple of verses here. In Daniel chapter 7, verses 9 and 10, I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were opened. Wow. Wow, and the books were opened. Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed." Wow, the Ancient of Days. It's a great song. It's my favorite song of all time by Ron Canoli. Ancient of Days. What a powerful, powerful song. Now, in regards to the coronation and Yeshua being a king, he's confronted by the Pharisees or the, the high priests, the religious leaders. And this is what he says in regards to, you know, hey, are you the Messiah? Just tell us straight up. Mark chapter 14, verse 62. Jesus said, I am. And you shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Wow, check that out. They're asking if he's, are you the Messiah? Are you, are you the Messiah? He says, and Jesus said, I am. <laughs> and you shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Oh, he was struck in the face and the high priest was ripping his clothes. He rent his clothes. You know, it says in the Torah that the, the, the high priest, the priests are not to rip their clothing. They're not to tear it. But, but boy, this one did. He, he was accusing Yeshua of blasphemy. How dare you liken yourself to the, to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you know, Hashem, and call yourself a king and sit next to the Father. How dare you? But it's getting interesting because now let's scripture interpret scripture. Let's look at this progressive revelation found in Revelation chapter 5, verses 11 through 13. It says, And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts and the elders... And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the land that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. Wow. I know there's a lot going on here. There's a lot going on here. The memorial of the blowing of trumpets on Yom Teruah is for us to remember the marriage covenant made at Sinai because of the law first mentioned, Yeshua blew the shofar over the children of Israel, entered into a marriage covenant with them through the Torah. How beautiful is that? 3,500 years ago, okay? So now we have a situation where, well, when's the coronation of the Messiah? Well, there you have it. Daniel 7, Revelation 5, and uh, 
you need to compare these scriptures and look at it. Very interesting. I mean, how many people were coming around the casket uh, of Queen Elizabeth II waiting in line for hours and hours and hours called getting in the queue and timing it out? It was over 20 hours. Um, David Beckham, a famous soccer player, waited in line for 11 hours. He didn't want no special treatment. He waited in line because he had his own security detail, but he waited in line. David Beckham, famous soccer player from, from England, uh, played soccer over there. But he um, he actually waited in line for 11 hours to see the queen. So thousands upon thousands are in this queue, right? Long, winding, just crowds of people to see, say their goodbyes to the queen and, and honor. So we've established trumpets. We can get into a lot of other things, but we're just going to, for the sake of time, you know, there's seven trumpets in Revelation, but for the sake of time now, we're going to jump into and finish up with the 10 days of all. The 10 days of all are from Yom Teruah, which is trumpets, to Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. So you have Yom Teruah, the Feast of Trumpets, and then over here you have, uh, of course, um, you have uh, Yom Kippur, which means covering. Uh, now, Yom Kippur is the Day of Atonement, okay? Um, the Day of Atonement. That's what Yom uh, Kippur is, the Day of Atonement. So there you have it. Uh, before we can celebrate the Fall Feast, we need to go through the 10 days of all. Notice the number 10. Ah, ah, ah. The number 10. I'm the count. You know, 10. 10 days. So let's, let's look at the number 10. The number 10 means a minion. The number of Jews required for a service. I love this. Um, meaning. I love the original meaning here. The number 10 means a minion. The number 12 means administration. Number 11 means judgment. 13 is rebellion. 7 is whole and complete. Uh, the number 8 is, of course, new beginnings. 1 is akhad. Uh, so 3 is a, a picture of divine order, the Godhead, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So let's look at the number 10. Uh, God said he would not destroy the city if he found 10 righteous men. Genesis chapter 18, verses 23 through 32. He would not destroy the city if he found 10 righteous men. Did he find them? No. Nope, he didn't find them. And that's what a minion is. That's where the Jews come up with, you know, 10 is needed for a minion. I remember being on an airplane going to Israel, and I was I got up to go to the bathroom or something, and the, the, there was like nine Jews huddled in a corner over by the exit door and uh, part of the plane or whatever. And they asked me to come and join them for public prayer because they needed 10 to do it publicly. And here I am, a non-Jew, a Gentile. I jumped in there and I got to pray with them. Uh, those nine other Jews uh, that were just up for just a quick prayer, whatever it was. But what an honor it was for me just to bow my head and hear them speaking in Hebrew and just being in agreement. Um, it was quite an honor. I'll never forget that as long as I live. Um, uh, 10 tests of Abraham. Okay, uh, going back to the course, the 10 righteous men, they didn't find 10 righteous men. God didn't find 10 righteous men. All he had was uh, Lot, his wife, and his two daughters. His two son-in-laws mocked him and scorned him. They were consumed by uh, fire and brimstone from heaven. You know, they thought he was just joking. No, we're, we're safe. We're okay. You know, you know, it says when they say peace and safety, sudden destruction comes upon them. So he lost his two son-in-laws. The two daughters lost their, their spouses, their, their husbands. But there's the 10 tests of Abraham, and he passed all 10, which is interesting. I don't have it in here, but there were 10 tests that Israel did unto the Lord. He says, that's it on the 10th test. You have failed me these 10 times. And that's when he took matters into his own hands and started to judge them and different things. But uh, yeah, Israel failed the Lord 10 times. You'll, you'll see it in the scriptures. 
But Abraham passed the test. It's interesting when you get a group of people, it's harder to complete something or not have any difficulties because you have different opinions, people are different, this or that, people are different walks of life, then a different season maybe. But uh, interesting that Abraham passed the tests of, of 10 tests, but we couldn't as a group. So we need to be praying for that, that, that Israel as a collective whole can pass the test. Abraham's servant journeyed with how many camels when pursuing a bride for Isaac? Genesis 24, 10. 10. 10 camels. You know, I believe that the, the, the 10 re represents the 10 tribes. Think about it. We're going to get into that. There's 10 plagues upon Egypt. 10 commandments. 10 labors in Solomon's temple. 10 candlesticks in Solomon's temple as well. So in his temple, Solomon's, he had 10 labors. Those are water basins. 10 of those. And 10 candlesticks. 10 menorahs. Imagine that in Solomon's temple. That's interesting. Uh, ten kings found in Daniel 7, verses 24 and 25. And, of course, in Revelation 17, 12, uh, the ten kings uh, represent the, in the last days. You know, uh, I've heard it said that it's not a revived Roman Empire. It's not going to be revived and be ruled by just one person. There's going to be ten entities, ten kings that are going to help to rule around the Mediterranean or Europe or whatever it is they're going to do. And it's, a, it's not a re revived Roman Empire, but revised. It's revised. So these 10 nations or 10 kings are going to rise up, and then the Antichrist is going to usurp three of them. Remember that. When you get to this image in Daniel, it has 10 toes. And prophetically, a lot of the prophecy teachers and researchers are sharing that prophetically, we are actually in the heels right now, uh, partly of iron, partly of clay, or the feet. So clay and iron don't really meet, match too well. If you'll notice that, it's like military might versus the human race. That's the clay. And when you, when you mix military might and clay, you get a lot of trouble. You get a lot of different things going on there. So something to think about. The letter Yod is the 10th letter in the Hebrew alphabet. The letter Yod is the 10th letter in the Hebrew alphabet. It means hand. Yod is, is the word for hand. Yod is representative of a hand. So if you have a hand and it's Yod, you have 10 fingers. 10. Isn't that interesting? You've got 10 fingers and 10 toes. Of course, in 1 Kings chapter 11, verses 31 and 35, you have the 10 tribes. Remember, Jeroboam was approached by the prophet. He took Jeroboam's garment. There was a new garment. He ripped up 10 pieces of it and gave it to Jeroboam. He says, you're going to get the 10 tribes, and uh, Solomon's son will be representing Judah, and he'll get the other, the other two, or the other one, uh, which is interesting. So uh, 10 to 2 ratio there. Benjamin was kind of absorbed into Judah. We can, we can get into that later sometime, but right now, for the sake of time, we're not going to do that. But the 10 tribes are not lost, okay? God knows where they are, okay? And that's what we're witnessing right now in the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith movement. We are witnessing the restoration and the regathering of the whole house of Israel. All over the world, Gentiles are coming out of the nations wanting to help the Jewish people, wanting to support them and bless them and pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So this is, this is, this is a move of God. It's, it's definitely a move of God. I think it's the move of God, but it is a move. And that's what's so exciting about Beit Tehillah. We have the parable of the 10 virgins in Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. The parable of the 10 virgins. Okay. So they all were virgins, but only five had oil. The five that didn't have oil, one of the oil that the other five had, they said, hey, you got to go get your own oil. And what does the oil represent? But the Holy Spirit. So what the Holy Spirit is doing for us right now is teaching us to prepare to prepare for the Messiah. Have oil in your lamp. Have the Holy Spirit within you. Have the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
have the Holy Spirit to guide you. He'll give you strength. He'll give you comfort. He'll bring conviction. He'll show you things to come. He'll bring to your remembrance all the words of Yeshua. That's why we're in the Gospel of Matthew on Monday nights in our small groups Bible study. We need the Gospel of Matthew, okay? Uh, talking about the 10, the number 10. Uh, uh, uh. In Zechariah chapter 8, verse 23, once again, Zechariah is the bridge to the book of Revelation. Study Daniel. Don't be intimidated. It's, it's prophecy 101. It's real simple to break it down and understand most of it. You know, it's, it's a book that was sealed, but Daniel is not sealed anymore. It's for us now uh, to understand the times in which we live. Let me tell you what will befall your people in the latter days, Gabriel says, in regards to the 70 weeks. So out of the 70 weeks, we only have a seven-year window left. And when that picks up, I don't know. But that's what we have. We're up to 69 weeks and we only have one week left, which is a seven-year time period. That's Prophecy 101, okay? So in Zechariah 8, 23, it says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, In those days it shall come to pass that ten men shall take hold out of all languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, We will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. How many of the God is with the chosen people right now in the land of Israel? That valley of dry bones, they don't dry bones anymore. There's, there's an exceeding great army over there right now. The IDF, the Jewish people. Now, it says that 10 men shall take hold of all languages of the nations, of all languages. Well, why are these different languages? Because Ephraim would be scattered. He would become a bunch of different ethnic groups. The Latins, the French, the British. I mean, you have you know all these languages coming out of the nations. Judah is speaking Hebrew, but it says that uh, they will take hold, 10 men, take hold out of all languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, or grab the tzitzit of him that is a Jew. Make sure you grab the right tzitzit of the Jew, the right Jew that has the tzitzit, okay? Saying, we will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. Now, I don't have to get into it, but the Jews are the chosen people of God. It's right there in the Bible. He picked them over all the nations. Israel belongs to Yahweh. They're his people. So during the 10 days of all, the Jewish sages teach that three books are opened in heaven on Rosh Hashanah, which is Yom Teruah. One for the completely wicked, one for the completely righteous, and one for those in between, or the intermediates. The completely righteous are immediately inscribed in the book of life. The completely wicked are immediately inscribed in the book of death. The fate of those in between, the intermediates, is suspended until Yom Kippur. If they do well, they are inscribed in the book of life. If not, in the book of death. Now, this is what the Jewish sages teach, okay? Trumpet blast, 10 days of all. God blows the trumpet. There's these 10 days. Some have said that it's going to take 10 days to judge the nations. But, you know, that's that's for another discussion. It says that he'll separate the sheep from the goats. We don't want to be in a goat nation. Right now, America is a sheep nation. We support Israel. But there's coming a day and a time, I believe, where, where America will turn its back on Israel that's when Pandora's box is going to open. That is when all hell is literally going to be breaking out. But fear not, for Lord has overcome the world. Yeshua has overcome the world. The world's not your friend. Uh, discuss why it is so important to take the fall feast seriously and prepare for them. I was sharing this with a men's meeting last night. As you begin to prepare and celebrate these feasts, and you're in the season of Teshuvah, August 27th to October 5th, uh, from Eve to Eve, you got to remember that um, what's happening is, which is very interesting, is the fact that uh, these 10 days are there, leading you to Yom Kippur, okay? 
And we're going to talk about that next week, the, the Feast of Yom Kippur. We're also going to be talking about that. So we want to take the feast seriously because we're in Teshuvah already, returning in repentance. But because, listen, you don't want disobedience. Disobedience will be your fault. You'll be to blame for your own disobedience. Don't be disobedient. Number two, once you overcome that and you're obedient and you've locked it in your heart and everything, watch out for distractions. Distractions will come. They come through family members, co-workers, your boss, whatever. You can be distracted. You could get, you know, sidetracked or whatever. Now, let's say that you're obedient, your heart is right, and you see the distraction coming, you avoid it, you understand it, you get through it, you're not distracted. The third and final thing that the enemy likes to do is to assault you on the path. Is the road that you are on currently, right now, leading to God? Is the road that you're on leading to God? That's what I want to ask you, because it's important. It's so important. So as we conclude uh, Yom Teruah and the Ten Days of All, it says basically here uh, the two questions. <laughs> what two points can be learned from the feast day of Yom Teruah, trumpets, and what point can be learned from the ten days of all? So I want to submit to you that what is about Yom Teruah that we really need to know? We need to hear the voice of God. It's likened to a trumpet. The trumpet is likened to the voice of God, and we must hear his voice and keep his covenant. That's how you do it. When you quit hearing his voice and you quit keeping his covenant, that's when you get into trouble. That's when you're backslidden or a prodigal son or daughter. So keep that in mind. That's why God sent the prophets to remind the people, hear his voice, keep his covenant. Because see, the king was there and he had the priesthood. But if the king goes bad and the priesthood goes bad, God has to send in the prophet. That's right. That's the guy who declares black and white, you know. Thus saith the Lord. And if it's not true and it's not right, then he's considered a false prophet. So I'm just closing this out for you uh, in a very special way. That's Yom Teruah, okay? Blowing of the trumpet. Hear his voice, okay? Hear his voice. Uh, number two, what are the 10 days of all? What point can we bring out? Let's go ahead and be righteous today. Let's take on the righteousness of Christ. That's right. And uh, my... Uh, Father-in-law, Mr. Timothy Colbo said, a righteousness of consciousness, being aware and alert that the righteousness is of Christ. Our righteousness is his filthy rags. So during these 10 days of all, once we blow the shofar on Sunday night, we blow the shofar Sunday night, we have 10 days. And we need to take God seriously during those 10 days because we're going to be doing mikvahs. People are coming out to do mikvahs. You can read about this in Daniel, or not Daniel, but, but Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, let's see, I'll find the verse for you why we do the mikvahs every year. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. Hebrews 10, 22. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Right there, right there. Hebrews 10, 22. If you keep this in context, it's all about um, the Day of Atonement. So those are my two points. Hear the voice of God. Keep his covenant for Yom Teruah. Blow the shofar, you know. Matter of fact, uh, it's a tradition to read Psalm 27 every day and blow the shofar every morning. So something to think about. Read Psalm 27 during the season of Teshuvah until the end of uh, Yom Kippur, October 5th in the evening. You don't have to read Psalm 27 anymore. And blow the shofar. And so last of the 10 days of all, be prepared now. Be counted among the righteous, not the wicked today. 
Don't be an intermediate. That's a person who hasn't quite made up their mind. They have the 10 days to do it. And that's what the Jewish sages teach. I don't think I want to get close to that line. Do you? How close can I get to sin before I sin? You know, um, don't cross the line, but get up to it. So we don't want to do that. So keep uh, the Cabrera family in your prayers as they are enjoying themselves in the land and Miss Libby Davis as well. And keep Hayovel, this great organization, Christian organization, in your prayers. Uh, and like I said, um, if you want to uh, contact us, you can contact us at ryan at twopraise.net. We'd love to get some feedback from you. We know we've got some people listening all over the world. We really appreciate you. We're in this together. Remember that. We're among the living on the earth. We're not among the dead. He's not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. So we are among the living. So we are living and we need to enjoy every day, number our days. And uh, let me just close it out in prayer. Father, I just thank you for everyone watching and listening to this particular uh, program about Yom Teruah and the 10 days of all. I just bless them right now. Father, pray you download your spirit to them. You download your revelation to them. Uh, it says in the last days, our sons and daughters will prophesy. That means to speak the very oracles of God to foretell events. Young men will have visions, which means fresh revelation, and old men will dream dreams. And if you give us a dream, Father, you'll give us the interpretation. We don't have to go running around asking for it. So, Father, I just thank you for this opportunity. I, I miss Ryan. I bless him right now. I thank you for him and his family. Looking forward to him coming back and sharing all the great stories and divine appointments and just the promises are coming to a fruition that you have promised the children of Israel. So, Father, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We thank you for this season of Teshuvah as we are approaching the fall feasts. And we just bless your holy name. It's in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. All right. I'm Pastor Nick Plummer. And uh, looking forward to uh, getting back with you next week. We're going to be looking at, of course, uh, the feast day of Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. God bless. <laughs>